0: Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we talk about how to get post-adoption support services and why you need it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name's Tim Elder. This is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption. So if you're a faithful listener or this is the first time you're listening, well, welcome. Thank you for joining me. We have a great episode today. And I first want to mention that this episode is sponsored by Bethany Christian Services. You know, Bethany is a full service Christian nonprofit adoption agency with locations in 36 states around the country. They've been helping families adopt since 1944. and They will help you create an adoption plan that's right for you and your family. And they'll be there to support you in every step of the way, which is what we're going to talk about today on this episode, But because the, the journey doesn't end when your adoption's finalized. Bethany offers post-adoption support services for families, adoptive parents, and adoptees. I invite you to check out some of their adoption stories and learn how to get started over at bethany.org forward slash infant adoption guide. Okay, everyone. So on today's episode, we're going to have a great discussion with Amy Scott, of Bethany Christian Services, she's joining me to talk about what we need to know about post-adoption support and where we can get it. As an adoptee and the Domestic International Adoption Specialist and a post-adoption support specialist, Amy knows that adoption is a lifelong journey and she strives to support families throughout the journey. She's been there, she's done that, and uh, she's been working with Bethany since 2007. She earned her bachelor's degree in psychology in 1997 and then a master's in marriage and family therapy in 2007. She's received specialized training in what's called trust-based relational intervention. And she resides in North Georgia with her husband and three daughters. So she just does a fantastic job sharing her experience and her wisdom with post-adoption support. Um, Bethany has really something amazing going on with, with helping families, not just that work with Bethany, but any family affected by adoption. We'll talk about that in this interview. So it's something that affects us all. I hope you come away with some better understanding about post adoption support, the services available to us and why we need them. So let's get into the interview right now with Amy Scott. Here you go. Hello and welcome to the show Amy. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great, Tim. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm mm-hmm. excited to have you on the show and you know, I we've started talking about this topic which is post adoption support. And it's really made me even more interested in it because as an adoptive parent, I have started to realize really how much, uh, how big this thing is, how post-adoption support really is and what it means to the adoption triad, to adoptive families, to the birth families, and to adoptees. So I think it really is uh, misunderstood somewhat in, at least in domestic adoptions. And I because that's what I'm I'm mostly involved in. That's what this podcast is all about. And I think it's important to know just why it's it's important, why it's something we all need. So I'm very thankful to have you on the show today, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about this uh, this topic.
1: Well, thank you. It's something I'm very passionate about. So look forward to talking about it with you.
0: Yeah, I, I think the real big question, obviously, is if nobody's heard of post-adoption support, just what is it? You know, <laughs> can you just explain? I know from a Bethany perspective, is, which is what you know, which is fine. Can you just explain to us what it is?
1: Sure. Um, really, post-adoption support is being present with individuals um, and families after the event of the adoption. Um, it can look a number of different ways. Um, it can be individual sessions and counseling with them. It can be participating in fellowship groups or support groups. Um, It can be participating in um, specific, like kid-focused camp events. Um, It can be our birth mom support group. So it's any number of, um, of environments where we can just be present with people who are impacted by adoption and have already adopted a child or placed a child for adoption
0: yeah there's a lot lot that goes into that I know it uh, just looking on the Bethany website and seeing all the stuff you guys do for post adoption support there's <laughs> it sounds there's a lot there and before yeah. we go any further though I really I shared with the folks in the intro what uh, kind of who you are what you do for Bethany and stuff but what I didn't share is your your personal connection to adoption and I wanted you to just share that really quick because I know it's powerful and uh, I know what you when you shared it with me i kind of it took my breath away a little bit so i really would like if if you could just share uh your personal story your personal connection with adoption
1: sure tim um so i have grown up my whole life knowing that i was adopted and um did not know any specifics around the circumstances until about three years ago when i uh, did some research and found out that at the time of my birth, my birth parents, um, were afraid. And, um, as a result of that, they chose to place me in a garbage bag and leave me in a trash compactor in an apartment complex. And, um, with hopes that I would, I would die and they would not have to deal with the child that they had created, but the Lord had other plans and, um, I let out a newborn scream at the time that a maintenance worker walked past the trash compactor, and he felt compelled to climb in and see where the noise was coming from and was able to get me out. And according to newspaper articles, I was at the hospital within four hours of my birth and deemed a healthy eight-pound girl.
0: That is just amazing. I mean, wow. (laughs) I just, it's hard to... Wrap your brain around that, really, but uh, you know you don't know what goes on in moments of crisis. You know it's hard for people to put their place, put their, put themselves in that place, but you just don't know what's going on in moments of crisis. And we just thank God that you were uh, let that cry out and that maintenance man. God bless him. Uh, saved you from that trash compactor. That's just amazing. And then doing what you're doing now is just phenomenal. It's it's a God thing. I I love it.
1: Yes, I mean, I've always just had a passion for coming alongside people, and, um, you know, when I learned my story, it just gave me more courage to walk through hard situations with families because you know that God is in control, so it's really been a positive thing for me to learn at this point in my life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely uh it, it makes me think of uh when you look at the Bethany site and you think and you look at post adoption support the fir- one of the first thing that says the journey doesn't end when I mean, the adoption is finalized and it 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 doesn't end you you know you're affected by adoption uh whether you're a birth parent adoptive parent or an adoptee and the processing of that um helps you deal with all these issues and and someone like you really have dramatic issues to that you had to deal with um it right. really does play into all this post adoption support uh, services and why we need them and why it's important. So thank you. for And the thing
1: is as an adoptee um, you know, you can't predict when that stuff is going to come up. And I think that is what I want families to, to be aware of that. You know, you can come to classes and groups when everything is going well um, and learn because you don't know when you're going to need the support. And if you already have those relationships it makes it so much easier to reach out in those times of need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about who can receive the support. Obviously, it's anybody involved in adoption. Um, But can we talk about, like, why families even need help? Maybe they don't have a dramatic uh, story like yours, or maybe they've always known they were adopted, and they're very comfortable with it, and they're like, I don't know, do I even need post-adoption support? Can you kind of talk about that? Sure, um,
1: a lot of parents um, come because they want to make sure that they are talking about adoption in an age appropriate manner. And so they, um, they seek guidance as their child is growing. So we may be in those families lives for a number of years. Um, some parents seek out support because their child has reached a developmental stage where they're asking questions that they really don't know how to answer, and so they come to us um, to help in formulating responses and how to how to work through um, those, those questions with their children. Um, some kids just do not feel comfortable asking hard questions of their parents, and so their parents will um, bring them to groups where they can be with other people in the same age group and have an opportunity to talk through aspects of adoption, um, with a professional who can help them. And then, um, our birth moms, um, seek support throughout the journey as different life events will, um, just trigger moments where they need to process that experience of placing their child for adoption.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe uh, this would be a good time to just talk about like the different types of support for specifically for birth moms and specifically for adoptive families and adoptees.
1: Sure. Um, Well, what, what support typically looks like for birth moms is um, within the first six months after a baby's place for adoption, we like to reach out and have one-on-one opportunities to, um, meet, have coffee, just talk through how they're processing that experience, and through those meetings, get them plugged into our larger birth mom support group. And the birth mom support group meets monthly, and it's open to anyone who's ever placed a child for adoption. And the beautiful thing is that we will have moms who um, you know, placed 30 and 40 years ago who've really healed through their journey, but um, love to come alongside new moms who've made an adoption plan. And so they really get to mentor each other. And although we are there to facilitate that environment, they tend to develop individual relationships that um, continue past groups. So they have someone they can reach out to who understands what it's like to be a birth mom because it's a very lonely position in life. There aren't a lot of people who um, – can connect to that. And there are a lot of people who don't hold birth moms in the high regard that they should be held in. So, um, you know, to bring them together so they can support each other is is really our goal. Um, And then with adoptive parents, we have what we call an adoption fellowship group. Um, So we're really encouraging adoptive parents to develop relationships with other adoptive parents. And through those relationships we hope that we can normalize some of the experiences of being an adoptive parent and just create again those relationships that will supersede the group so that they can um you know reach out to a friend when their child does something that they don't really know how to interpret and and then through those those relationships that we develop professionally um, the families are able to reach out to us when they need more individualized care for their children. So those groups tend to happen every month, and we usually um, study a book together and um, have dinner and just have a relaxed environment where families can learn some and then have an opportunity to talk um, about what's going on in their lives. And then while we have that group, um, all of their kids are together, and we – plan age appropriate sensory activities and um, have opportunities just to let them be around other adopted kids. We think that's so important for adopted kids to know other adopted kids in the community. Then as they're older, they can um, be a part of that group and maybe help with some of the younger kids and have an opportunity to ask questions about different aspects of adoption that they may um, have needs to know more about, Um, but our kids are um, a huge part of what we focus on um, here in Chattanooga. We, five years ago, um, actually six years ago, we were able to start what we call adoption camp. Um, And that's a summer program. Um, It's a day camp that we do for adopted kids where we bring them together and our goals are to normalize adoption to teach the children how to respond to the outside world as they ask questions about adoption in a way that allows them to share what they're comfortable sharing and maintain their privacy and not be embarrassed. And then we also teach them how to deal with their feelings, how to understand how their feelings feel in their body. So if they're starting to have feelings, they can Reach out to someone before you know their anger may may become too um too much or you know they they just become more self aware of what feelings feel like in their body and and then some coping skills for dealing with stress and anger and um different sensory activities to help them get through the day- their day so
0: that sounds awesome. Is that for any age child or do you have certain ages that you do that camp for?
1: Um, our camp runs for kids who we ask that they have at least attended kindergarten. And then up th- we have two sessions. So we do kindergarten through sixth grade and then seventh through twelfth
0: grade. Awesome. That's that sounds amazing. Is that offered just in the Chattanooga area or is that? something that bethany offers around the country
1: um it it has been unique to the chattanooga area but we have recently received a grant to allow us to expand that to some other locations in tennessee with the hope that we can replicate it more throughout the united states and there are other um other models of adoption camp that occur throughout the country but not that not very prevalent, though, there's not a lot of resources like that out there. And I think as an adoptee, it was really important to me that we meet that need in a way that um, families would be more inclined to participate, you know, because sometimes it's hard for families to get to a one night a month dinner type group. But during the summer, families are really looking for ways to engage their kids. So it's really what it was born out of is just figuring out how we can best meet the needs of the community. And, um, this past summer we had 30 children attend. So we feel like we've, um, been so successful at, at that and just want to continue to see it grow.
0: Yeah, I can see that growing, you know, the word gets out and, uh, the kids experience yes. that and kind of come back and, parents tell other parents and yeah i can see that growing and and expanding across the country that sounds really really cool and as kids or as my kids are getting older uh, i can see them uh, really benefiting from something like that too because you just don't know sometimes you get the questions to come out and sometimes you don't so being involved in that kind of situation they may talk about things they may never talk about with me so i like that i really do
1: Yes, and you know it it's the experiences that the kid kids have and how they grow from it that keeps us continuing to offer it. You know, I think about a girl who came a few years ago um who was biracial and she walked in and she saw Caucasian girls in the room and kind of stepped back and asked me why they were there because Caucasian girls are not placed for adoption and when I was able to explain to her that everyone in the room had been placed for adoption, I saw her self-esteem transition in that moment because she thought that only girls who were from mixed, a mixed race background uh, were placed for adoption. And that was something that she thought was negative. So, you know, we, every year there's stories like that of ways that we impact children just by having the event so it really it keeps us going
0: that sounds really awesome I'm sure it's very fulfilling for you guys too to, to hold us and see all those stories take place that's that's really yes, cool yes
1: very uh, much so. so
0: you kind of alluded to this a little bit and I was going to ask you how often do you hold these I think you said like a, it's a once a month thing is that typical throughout the country as well or, or is that for your Chattanooga area as well
1: You know, in our Chattanooga area, we have our fellowship groups monthly, but I think that is pretty typical um, around the country. Some people may do it quarterly. And then camp, of course, is just during the summer. But we try to do all our groups um, monthly, usually limiting it to eight or nine months out of the year, because there's always a few months that people are busy with holidays or summer. But we, um, we do try to meet eight or nine times and develop, uh, you know, it's almost like a a family that comes together each year. And, you know, we look forward to seeing each, each person month after month. And can anybody get
0: a part of this or do you have to be a Bethany family that worked with Bethany or how does that work?
1: Our groups are open to anybody. Um, We feel strongly that the Lord has called us to, to serve the adoption community and you know, our families receive a lot of preparation and training, but not all families do. So the so families who don't have a lot of um, training and preparation while they're waiting to adopt who often need more support once they've adopted. So we we definitely um, have a passion for serving those families.
0: That's that's awesome that you guys do that. That is, that is a true calling there because it's a service that can help anybody tied to adoption and a lot of us around the country are and so thank you for doing that when we're talking about support specifically with the birth moms you know i i really believe that there are times like you've mentioned already that they kind of get forgotten or maybe they themselves don't know what to ask for in in getting support when you're talking with them and the, the moms that do come to you and get support, how important is it to them?
1: How important is it to them to get yeah, support? Yeah, to get the
0: support they need. You know, once they actually do yeah. come to you and they start talking to you about it, how, how impactful is that to them? You know, maybe to a birth mom that's listening to this or somebody or an adoptive family that has an open, open relationship with their child's birth parents, so maybe they could learn how important it really is to give the support to birth moms.
1: Well, I think that um, just like adoptees can feel alone, um, birth moms often feel alone and there's power in walking into a room and seeing, you know, six, seven, eight other women who've been through that same experience. So um, for our moms, we would just try to encourage them that Um, You know, there's ups and downs in the grief process as you work post-placement. And if you can come to a group and just share your story or listen to other people's stories, it can help you to gain perspective. And, you know, sometimes as that, especially in the age of more open adoptions, there can be some tricky moments as the birth parents and the adoptive parents are developing that relationship and building that trust to move forward um, with an open relationship. And And I think that the birth mom support group is a great environment to kind of process through those moments and gain another perspective on why somebody might've said something or did why they did something. and. Um, really um, kind of, again, normalize that whole process. Um, so it's, it's so important. And, and I think it's a comfort to moms who come to us for pregnancy counseling to know that that's something that we offer, that they, they aren't going to be forgotten once the baby is delivered to know that, that we're here for them. So.
0: Yeah, that part right there I think would be in a huge huge comfort to a woman who's maybe considering making an adoption plan to know there will be somebody there to support them and even a, a, a peer, somebody who's been through it. I um, mean, yeah. man, that would be just tremendous. Uh, I would think a tremendous relief to know that that kind of supports there. And that, and that's available. I like get any of the Bethany offices around the country. Is that right?
1: I think most of our offices have some type of support that they offer. Um, I don't know that they are all offering it monthly as we are, but if you reach out to any Bethany office, they will be able to connect you with the resources they have um, for support.
0: Can you share a story from a a birth mom that you know that's been getting some post-adoption support and maybe just how it affected her?
1: Sure. Um, the first weeks and even months after delivering a baby that's placed for adoption are um, are really, really hard. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of joy in knowing that you made that decision and that you impacted um, the life of the child and the life of the adoptive parents, but there's a lot of sadness. And, um, you know, I think about a mom who, made an adoption plan um, this past year and she she was feeling that that sadness so deeply and uh, was able to come and befriend a mom who made an adoption plan more than 40 years ago who you know has lived through that journey and um, you know has a relationship actually with her with the family who adopted the child which is unusual for back then and and so through their friendship that mom had the courage to to continue on in her journey and to make the right decisions um in terms of following through you know at that point the baby was in interim care um, had not been placed with the family but was about to be and so she was able to to really see the positive of what her decision would the impact that it would have on the child and and go forward and which was really a good thing for her um she was not in a position to to be a parent and so she needed that encouragement so just knowing that we were able to provide that was was really awesome
0: yeah yeah i can just uh, i can picture that actually uh just needing somebody to talk to and you can't find anybody (laughs) if you have somebody that you know has been through it even 40 years ago uh,
1: yeah they can
0: have a they can relate to you like nobody else can so that's that's hugely impactful I'm, I'm sure when you talk about the type of support services and we've talked about the birth moms and well actually we've talked about all three at what point do the adoptees and I guess you mentioned this for the camp anyway the kids are like kindergarten age but at what Mm -hmm. point do you you see adoptees starting to come and ask questions of parents and then the parents come to you or maybe even the adoptees come to directly to you and are asking questions about hey how do I get help
1: yeah there's three main ages that we tend to get phone calls seeking support Um, I think the first is Parents calling us when kids turn about eight years old. Developmentally, that's when they start to be able to understand more of what adoption means and ask questions that often parents don't know how to answer. And so we do get a lot of calls at that age. Um, I think next would be 15-year-olds. Again, it's that developmental leap. They're starting to understand more. And, um, you know often they're wanting to find their family at that point, and so we have to educate them on the local laws and you know what age they're able to do that, but can help process through some of their questions um and you know reach out to them um and then we tend to hear from adoptees at age twenty one which is when they're able to access their full record um legally in the state of Tennessee, so so, they reach out to us, and sometimes they just need to know how to go about that. Um sometimes they um want some guidance on what to expect. You know, I had the privilege a few years ago of actually walking alongside an adoptee as she accessed her information, and then she um, came into my office the day she made the phone call to her birth mom. And I was able to be a part of that um, and provide her support as she made that phone call. Um, and then they were able to arrange a visit together, um, you know, several weeks later. And she came back and we really processed through that experience. So wow. so a lot of direct contact with adoptees once they reach the age that they begin to be curious and seeking contact if they don't already have it with birth parents um, prior to that it's more um indirect through parents asking questions typically
0: yeah i was going to ask you and you kind of mentioned it right there when adoptees come to you in a little bit later on in life like maybe teenager 20s or later do they ask you or can you help them do a search and reunion with their birth parents
1: yes we are able to um it, you know if they um if they were adopted through our office we can be very involved in that um once they have their records and you know in the case i'd mentioned a minute ago you know i reached out to that particular birth mom beforehand and just explained you know what the adoptee's motivation was in reaching out and, um, you know, wanted to give her that, uh, that opportunity to hear from a professional before she got the phone call. Um, and so it really set the groundwork for them to be able to communicate positively without there being any fear there or less fear, I should say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can see that being a very utilized service uh if if kids or adoptees don't have that open adoption relationship with their birth parents and maybe they don't want it as they're growing older and then at some point in their life they decide they do i mean i can see that being a a major service and helping them connect what other issues do you see with adoptees and you're dealing with post-adoption support is there any uh Anything else like the adoptive families that mostly but that's who we have listening to this this podcast is adoptive families. And is there anything that you can teach us and me in particular, I'm an adoptive parent myself, mm-hmm. that, uh, that I can look forward to or I can think about as my kids get older, maybe there's some services I need to look into and, and what are they and when should I do that?
1: Yeah, um, well, I think that One of the things that parents will often call us and ask is, you know, when should I start talking to my child about adoption? And my response to that is as soon as you bring the child into your (laughs) home, you start having those discussions. Because if you have to sit down with your child when they're, you know, 10, 12, 15 years old and tell them that they're adopted, that is going to be a, a difficult Conversation emotionally for all parties, and something you can really avoid by just making that a part of their lives. But we do um, we do get calls from people um, who haven't, again, adopted through Bethany and had that training on the front end, who honestly think that they um, have, you know, made the right choice and not saying anything, and so. So really walking through that with families um, is a huge, huge part of what we do. And then, you know, I think that kids go through their teenage years and it's very, very normal to um, to lash out at the people who are closest to us (laughs) during that phase. And and so a lot of times that can look like, you know, I want to go live with my real parents or, um, you know, I, I want to find my, my mom or, you know, it's usually the mom who gets, um, who gets attacked (laughs) and that. Um, and so we do, we do get calls from parents and that fades quite a bit. And, and that's where just having friends who, um, have also adopted children can be so helpful, so a lot of times you can normalize what your child, the emotional ups and downs. I always, I tell people, have a friend who has a child the same age who's also adopted if possible. Have a friend, a child the same age who's not adopted because what you might find out is some of what you're attributing to adoption is actually just normal teenage stuff, so if yeah. you can have two friends, you know, who can kind of bounce that off, it really helps. But we do walk through that a lot with families. And we've got some good resources just in, um, you know, teaching early on, um, teaching kids how to how to identify uh, the difference between how they view themselves and their story and how the outer world views them and kind of close the gap between those two things and just encouraging them to be authentic. So
0: Yeah. And as we wrap up, I think that's, that's a great place to great thing to talk about is those resources. Like uh, where do folks like me uh, that maybe haven't worked with Bethany on our adoption, but Hey, I'd like some resources and how do I help my kids and, or how do I help, Uh, me deal with our our kids? Or or how do I even offer this kind of support to our kids as birth moms?
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's a few key books that have been very influential in my professional journey. One in working with um, older like teenage age adoptees is called Beneath the Mask. And it was I've received that book through case, which if you Google that there, they have a lot of adoption resources. Um, I think for adopted parents, the connected child has been so influential. Um, if, if a family has not read that book, I think that can really change the dynamic in the home, um, so greatly and, um, just help you to understand the motivation behind your child's behaviors to such a degree that you can have compassion and not feel like they're fighting against you as a parent. So
0: yes, I need to read that. Give good resources. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And then obviously anybody in the Chattanooga area can call your office and uh, just get, get in contact with you and your staff to get some post adoption support. Right.
1: Yes, um, we have all of our groups listed on our website, which is just bethany.org slash Chattanooga. Um, you can look at our events page and um, find out what's coming up and um, give us a call. We'd be glad to include you in any anything that we have going.
0: Yeah, and if you're not in the Chattanooga area, there's on the Bethany site, even on the Chattanooga site, you can find a little spot there that says, hey, f- uh, find a current lo- a location near you. Yeah. to get information and uh, to get involved in your local branch, and they can, they can help you there. And I know Bethany has branches all over the country, so chances are there's something, someone close to you that can help. And, yeah, uh, so
1: we have a post-adoption support center, too, um, that you can connect through our Bethany website. And if there's not a Bethany branch, they can connect you with another um, organization who may be able to help you with what's going on
0: great that's awesome yes I, I i think anybody listening to this should be able to get in contact with uh, or find resources as as you just uh, spelled out for us here that can help you on the post adoption support uh, journey because the really the adoption journey doesn't end i mean you you start the adoption process it continues through your whole life and it's important to um uh, really for your kids but and and especially for your kids birth parents to help them through the journey and it's, it's like it says right on their bethany site adoptions a lifelong journey absolutely so you owe it to yourself to your kids and to your kids birth parents to look into these post-adoption services anything else you want to share amy
1: Oh, just what a joy it is to walk alongside families. You know, we just consider it such a privilege when a family reaches out to us for help. We think that's a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. So I just pray that no one would ever fear reaching out to someone to walk alongside them if they are struggling in any way, because that is a great strength when you can do
0: that. Yes, absolutely, I agree. That's it's kind of like when you think about getting therapy emotional or mental or any kind of therapy, you know, you don't think of it as a sign of weakness. You think of it as hey, I, I this is going to make me stronger. This is going to help me. This is going to support me and uh just make make life a little bit easier for you. So I think that's yeah. that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll put all these links that we talked about and uh, these uh resources for these books in the show notes. So if you're listening to this or you're driving down the road and you're trying to remember what they are, don't worry about it. We'll have them on the website so you can uh, get to them and uh, easily find these resources. And and thank you so much, Amy, for joining us. I think this is a a huge topic. I mean, I'm sure we could go on and on and on about post-adoption support services, but I'm glad we've never touched on it before on the podcast. So I'm so glad we've we've brought it up. We're educating people. Uh, I encourage everybody to go to the Bethany site and check out their post-adoption support information. Um, Even if you don't think, oh, I don't know if I really need that, go check it out and look at it and uh, request more information. Get in touch with their post-adoption contact center. I think you'll be surprised uh, about the support that you get and that you really do need. So thank you again, Amy, for joining us.
1: Well, thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for for sharing your story and and, uh, all the good info. All
1: right. Take care. Yep. Bye. You
0: too. Bye-bye. All right. Great interview with Amy. Thank you, Amy, so for sharing your expertise and your experience with us about uh, post-adoption support. I know I learned a lot. I hope you did too. Um, if you want to check out the links and the resources that uh, we talked about today on the show, go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 46, and all those will be there for you. And uh, while you're there on the podcast page, you can check out all other 45 episodes that I have out there for you. And uh, if you don't see something you like or something maybe missing that you'd like to hear about, just send me an an email. And I'd be glad to uh, talk to you about it and and hopefully bring it up on an upcoming episode. You can reach me at Tim at InfantAdoptionGuide.com or there's a contact page right there at InfantAdoptionGuide.com. So two things I'd like you to do. One is while you're on the podcast page there at InfantAdoptionGuide.com, you can see all the places where you can listen to the show, which is multiple places, including right there on the website. But you can get to it. You can subscribe to it through iTunes, which will automatically push it to your phone or tablet, and then you don't have to ever worry about missing a show. It'll come right to you. The button's right there on the podcast page, or you can go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash iTunes. Get it automatically sent to you if you subscribe and you can also leave some feedback there if you like the show. I'd, I'd love it if you'd leave some good feedback for me there. Uh, one more thing I'd like you to do is on the page, anywhere really on the Infinite Adoption Guide page, you can get my four free ebooks. These are how to save time and money on your adoption journey. Four resource guides that I put together. They're not very long, but they're packed full of good information. Just enter your name and your email. Hit the button on get them now, and I'll send them right to you. And you can get a whole bunch more cool stuff from me through the infantadoptionguide.com blog and podcast. So, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. God bless you on your adoption journey. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to my dad.